Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on Sticks and Bones by Evoking with your ghost hosts, Chelsea and Ten. We did say we were going to say that last time. I know. We are the ghost hosts. I love that. I want a little name tag. No, I'm I'm waiting. We should. Someone make us a name tag. Um, That would be so (laughs) But um, yeah, no, we're excited to be back. We have a really exciting podcast episode today. Um, If you know Ten and I, and you've been around us for a while, Uh, We are going to be talking about Greek mythology, Greek um, retellings, but specifically with the god Hades. So we will go into that in a little bit, but first things first, Tan, how are you feeling? How are you? I'm good. I'm dying from allergies. So, you know, Queen Persephone is in full swing for spring and allergies are just going to take me out, truly. I've gone through two years of quarantine and getting taken out by allergies this year, but it's beautiful. I'm happy to see the warm weather. Everything is starting to turn green again. Um, and as you know, since you live close to me, it's been sticks and branches for six months. So I'm, I'm excited to see some green again. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, as we're filming this podcast episode, um, I have my back door open and the sun shining and Pluto is like sunning himself, uh, because oh. you haven't been getting much sun and it's been raining a lot lately, but yeah, the allergies are real. Like I see the pollen lining up outside and I'm just like, there is no relief for the spring. Yeah. And I'm waiting for spring to last all of like 11 seconds because mm-hmm. the East Coast, it's like spring is 11 minutes and then you jump into 90 degrees and there's no in between. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be blazing hot here. Like I had my air on. I think the last podcast episode we talked about, it, I had my air on. I was like, ew, I don't want to put my AC on. Like, ugh. You had your AC on and yesterday my friend in Pittsburgh got a few inches of snow. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, our friend that lives in Wisconsin, she was telling me that's 30 degrees and there was snow outside. I was like, what? No, we're in April. We're done. Like Where are you guys living. Like I would be, yeah. And then I have another friend that lives in Canada and she was also telling me that, um, she also got snow and I was like, no, thank you. Like the Canada, that makes sense to me because I'm like, I feel like they can get snow up to and through May. And the Wisconsin and the Pennsylvania aspect, I'm like, this is, this is not okay. (laughs) Too much. Yeah. No. So hopefully it stays like this, but you never know. It can always snow. It snowed like a few weeks back and yeah, we just hope the weather stays. So Queen Persephone, speaking of, since we're talking about Hades today, help us out um, and keep spraying. Thanks. Yeah. We love it. Um, How was your weekend? I know it was Easter. I got my chocolate bunny. So how, how was your weekend? Oh yeah. I was sick um this past weekend this past easter weekend so i wasn't actually able to go visit my family really totally sucked um so yeah i felt like a little like left out this weekend um but i did the most i wound up just cleaning my house like getting things together um but yeah i didn't want to get anybody else sick so i was like plus spring cleaning is always like the best yeah. And I've been feeling like purging a lot lately. Like, I'm not sure if you, if other, anyone else gets this feeling. And I think it's just like us as human beings, biologically, when it's like springtime, I'm like, everything needs to go. So, um, I've been like, everything must go final sale, get out of here. It needs to leave. Um, yeah, I just feel like the energy has just been so weird. Like even in my own energetic space, like I've been cleaning, um, cleaning is a form of energetic cleansing. So, I was like, I, everything just needs to be refreshed. That's just how I feel. hundred percent. We need refreshing. The plant yeah. life needs refreshing. Let's, let's start off on a great foot for spring into summer. 
yeah, like my mental health needs refreshing. I've not been the place, the best place mentally. Um, but I, you know, so I'm going through a lot of changes. A lot of things are happening, um, <laughs> plus doing spiritual work and running a metaphysical store full time. So the girl is just tired. Like, I hope I can get on this podcast one day and be like, I feel great today, but the truth is I don't feel great today. And that's fine. But I think that's, you know, very valid to say, I think that's not talked about a lot. Everybody has to tell everybody in their life. I'm fine. I'm okay. Like beep, boop, bop. And it's like, no, it's okay to say that you're not okay. That's, that's great. Like, thank you for telling me, how can I help you in any way, shape or form? Um, I'm seeing, you know, people struggling a lot this time and it's the end of the semester for me. Um, Tomorrow is actually my last class um, before the kids, you know, get ready for their finals and summer break. And I think, I think everybody as a collective, we just need a break. Like, no, we do. We do. And I'm so tired of like people just faking it on social media, which obviously that's what social media is for. I straight up deleted my whole ass personal Instagram account because I just like couldn't deal with it anymore. I'm like, I have to do what's best for my mental health. See you all later. I now have like a new Instagram account, but like, there's a lot of people I don't talk to anymore. And speaking of purging, I was just like, I am deleting my personal Instagram account where I had all these people that followed me that I don't speak to anymore. It's like, why should they have access to my life? So I deleted it. I made a new one. Um, you can go follow me by the way. It's Chelsea Chelsea Lynn with three ends. I actually think it's in our bio for evoking the shop. It's, it's like, a, I'm trying to make like an influencer account. Do you know me? fucking social media channels we have to run 10 like this is too much I know I remember uh Kevin was like oh did Chelsea get a new Instagram oh let me go follow it (laughs) it's just too much it's like okay here we go we have my my now I'm trying to keep it like a very public influencer account since I am like a figure on the internet um that one we have evoking the shop we have the sticks and bones podcast we have evoking the shop um TikTok account, you run your own personal accounts. We have other accounts that we run and it's just like, I'm tired. <laughs> so yeah. no joke. I have not been using my personal Instagram. You don't I, use it. No, I think the last time I posted and it was my wedding anniversary. So in November, I've been, I post stories and that's it. Um, I kind of got tired of people being up my butt yeah. and living there rent-free, you know, looking for uh, real estate property. And I was just like, why am I sharing all of this here? You don't need this. (laughs) I know like what's also weird too, is I don't know if other people realize this, but as people on the internet um, that have like a larger audience, we get DMs, weird DMs all the time. And like, it actually is like so frustrating when people DM me and they're like, they tell me that they have like this crazy paranormal experience and how can I help them? Yeah. I've gotten weird things. I didn't know this was going to happen, but now I like understand being a spiritual, like creator on the internet, people are going to message me and expect things for free. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't realize people were like this. I get it when you need help, but it's like, I actually had to turn off my DMS on TikTok because it was getting, it's too much. It was getting out of control. It was truly a dumpster fire of an inbox. Mm -hmm. And I had people like saying these horrible things about like what they're going through. And I'm like, I am not with no trigger warning. I, I am not in any way, shape, or form a licensed therapist, a licensed anything other than, you know, just a art and archaeology girl who has a master's and is getting her PhD. Like, I know, I know. I am not going to be getting and becoming that type of doctor. Okay. Call me in 10,000 years. Like, I am yeah. that type of doctor. 
No, it is. It is like strange. Like I had to like really adjust to it because it is strange because I am just like this girl doing her spiritual job and purpose. And it's like, people ask these things of you and it's like, yeah, you could help them if you wanted to, but you can't help everyone that goes into your DMs. It's just a wild place. There's no trigger warnings. And I get it. People are just yeah. like vomiting because they need help word vomiting, but it's like, whoa. So yeah, I, I feel you. That's why I just felt like everything just had to be purged. And I'm like, social media is just a weird world sometimes. It's wild. And in yeah. fact, it's actually started to like bleed over to Kevin's account. Like he's like, so, cause he is actually like on private and he's like, all these like spiritual names want to like, follow him and I'm like I mean it's up to you Kevin's now gonna be I can't help you there Kevin the scientist the influencer in the spiritual world let's do it (laughs) he's truly just Bill Nye the science guy we need to have Kevin on a podcast one day I know we do like the science aspect really yeah because I'm probably I would bet Kevin just sits there and goes I understand what you guys are saying to me but what also is going on (laughs) Well, there's a hundred percent that, and I mean, we've said it before on this podcast is that we lead with logic and education. We're not just, you know, whipping crystals out being like, it's sorcery. Like we are actually, I'm a wizard, Harry. Oh no, it's your wizard, Harry. We're getting to the bottom of things scientifically, but we're also having our mind open to other aspects. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not just going to put on a hat and start stirring in a cauldron and being like, just time. Like no, I'm, 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 about, I'm about to get to that point where I just started doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think no. it'll be interesting, especially with his points of view on death and how, how opposite they are of ours. Uh, yeah. Okay. I really think we got to get, we got to pencil Kevin in. Pe- Kevin needs to come on the podcast and we need to just like interview him and be like, so what are your thoughts about death? <laughs> And there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. That's the beauty of this podcast. There's no wrong answer. No wrong answer. But speaking of death, today we are dedicating this podcast to the Greek god of the underworld and financial wealth, King Hades. So if you have been with Ted and I for a while, you know that we are a King Hades stand account. Um, We love King Hades um, and we want to um, talk about him today as those who follow King Hades and really love um, Hellenic paganism, the Hellenic gods, which is Greek mythology, Greek gods, for those of you that don't know. Um, we are going to be talking about him today. Um, we want to we wanna talk about how he's portrayed in like movies such as Hercules, which is I how Hollywood did him wrong. <laughs> and compare it to his Greek mythology and who he actually is that's documented in these ancient sources by the ancient Grecian people um, and how he actually was worshipped or not worshipped because of how feared he actually was. So yeah, I think we should start with Hercules. Where to begin? I mean, I I adore Hercules. Like it is a great Disney movie. The um, it's a feel good movie. Soundtrack is slaps. Like Disney did not have to go that hard, and they did. They always go that hard. Like the Tarzan. Yes, Phil Collins did not have to go that hard in Tarzan, but he did. He did it for us. Thank you, Phil Collins. (laughs) I mean, literally Moana. Hello, like I love all those songs. Frozen. Like I know it's Disney Pixar, but still, it's. We're, we're, yes and I I don't know Hercules will always have a special place in my heart um even though I that is that is, not, 
No, it's not. Okay. So those of you that have never seen Hercules, literally Google a picture of him. <laughs> We're going to tell you about how he's portrayed in modern day and then who he actually was in Greek mythology and how he is when you follow him, work with him, worship him. Um, two very different things. We say this because we have a lot of you that are new to paganism or understanding paganism, and you cannot take these stories like Her Hercules, Laura Olympus, Hades the game, right? Oh God, <laughs> Lucy Jackson, and then be like, this is exactly who he is because that's not who he is based on his mythology. So Disney did Hades so dirty. While I think the Hades and Hercules is so funny, hysterical. Oh, it's hysterical, especially when you think about that, the fact that that Hercules, the Disney Hercules is speaking Yiddish. So yeah. I'm <laughs> confused on that, but also love it. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like he is so funny. Um, his hair is like this big flame of blue. He's just like very um, witty, sarcastic. <laughs> it's just like completely not who Hades is in mythology. Um, I would only say the one thing they got right in Hercules was how I would like portray Zeus and Hera and possibly Hermes, but I don't like the way Hermes looks in Hercules. Yeah. A few of the things like when you look at the gods and if you are going to rewatch Hercules and you're like wow I'm on a Hercules kick now if you pause the beginning opening scene of the party you will actually be able to pick out which god is who because of their attributes like Demeter and Persephone are portrayed there oh I have to see I think I missed that I watched Hercules recently because I was doing <laughs> I actually was studying Hellenic paganism and the Hellenic gods yeah. and that is studying how they are being retold in yes. pop culture so then I can better educate people on what they are not so I did recently watch Hercules probably two months ago after I watched this terrible terrible history channel documentary on Hellenic oh, yeah. they tried to tell me that Prometheus was Jesus Christ and I was like I gotta go um red flag <laughs> red flag yeah that's also another thing the history channel can be a really bad source um and once you study the ancient texts and then you go and watch something on the history channel and these people are like, I have a PhD. And then they tell you this wild thing. You're like, no, no, no. Like I'm my favorite is ancient aliens. Like I am just like, I love sitting there and being like, how would I go off and like rebut as an archeologist? Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> That's why I love studying. I love studying these things because then you're just like, I thought the history channel was prime content, like a plus plus scientists of the world historians no. of the world no like right now it's not <laughs> no it's actually really sad but it's phds in some bullshit <laughs> some bullshit but anyway so yeah he is portrayed very strange in hercules um but the movie's great uh the only thing i would take from that is how zeus and hera is portrayed um and maybe just move with that but that's about it that's about it. The myth is, look up the myth of Hercules. It's sad. Yeah. It's nothing like Disney. But of course, Disney's not going to do that. Disney is okay killing off parents right away and making you sob in the first 10 minutes. But when it comes to mythology, they're like, mm, let's sugarcoat it, which, yeah. which is fine. But um, when you see like the underworld representation, even the fates, like with Hades and everything, you're kind of just like, this is interesting. It's a great take, but this is not how they are portrayed in mythology or even art history. Like Hades is usually portrayed as, you know, a 
um, not middle-aged, but like, I would say like late thirties, early forties to us. So mm-hmm. older with a dark beard, um, but very regal. He's always portrayed that maybe a little gloom solemn, but he is portrayed just like his brothers are. So yeah. he holds that regalness because he is one of the three Kings, but that is not seen in Hercules so much. I mean, we don't wow. even see Poseidon. So we are That's only seeing weird. the king. Yeah. And I also think it's weird how Zeus is portrayed as like very regal and like Zeus. Well, Zeus is king of the gods, right? So, and this is another thing. And we will talk about Zeus and Hera in another podcast because I can go on for days. But if you are going to be a practicing Hellenic pagan and you are going to worship these gods, um, understand that the mythology, we talk about this patriarchal society, um, Zeus obviously, um, you know, has other affairs besides Hera. You still have to respect Zeus because he is king of the gods, but- I'm not going to get into this right now, I digress. Um, but yeah, it's very strange that Hades isn't portrayed in the regal sense because he is a king. Like we consider him like King Hades. He's very regal. Um, yes. he is right up there with Zeus and Poseidon. So it's like, I don't know why Disney chose to do this. I mean, it did what it, they wanted it to do, but at the same yeah. time, not the actual mythology. No. And they needed a, a funny villain to play off of because he was going to be like, the opposite of Hercules and everything that he stood for. But I think they could have played off of it a little bit more because Hercules does actually take Cerberus out of the underworld in mythology. It's one right. of his Herculean tasks. So I'm like, where is that? Like, we should be playing off of this. Like, I don't know. But- Even the way that he's depicted, I mean, and I know Hades is considered the unseen one. No one actually knows besides like a few little details of what Hades looks like. He is the unseen one. Um, so there is no like actual depiction. Like you could see statues of him, but that's not really, no one knows what he looks like. So exactly. and they chose that look for someone that's considered the unseen one. The unseen and also everybody in that movie was a little too comfortable with Hades. Like, yes. and you look at ancient traditions and he was not worshiped. He was not one that you would seek out um every day right you would not be leaving offerings to him and let's say you did have a an altar or an offering table for him it would be outside of your house you are not inviting death inside of your house and even though he is not the god of death that is thanatos in the uh uh hellenic pantheon it's moors and the roman pantheon but he is not the god of death he is the king of the underworld and the god of wealth Right, And they would just keep everything death-related, chronic-related outside. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that think of like a God like that, you know, he's, he's not going to be like the friendliest or the most, you know, funny, hysterical, witty. Um, he is the God of the underworld. His job is to ensure that the underworld is a safe and comfortable place for people that have crossed over. Um, mm-hmm. He has a huge responsibility, a huge job. And it is even said that he does, he doesn't ever leave the underworld. Like he doesn't, he stays in the underworld. So it's like, um, some people can say he's a little bit reclusive, a little bit introverted. If you want to put that spin to it, you can. Um, but he is just the God of the underworld. And yeah, like Chan said, his altars were outside. He wasn't heavily worshiped. And I were to bet if you were a high priestess for Hades back in the day, you probably did not come out and tell people about it because of how taboo it was. Like we always talk about death being a taboo thing. Um, he wasn't like an Apollo or a Zeus or a Hera. Um, so people were not going to worship 
underworld no. stories. I don't even know if there are any temples to Hades. I don't think there is. Um, obviously, people called upon upon him for funeral rites um, when they were, you know, being buried and things like that. Or um, he also is known for being God of curses. So like, if you felt like someone had casted a curse on you, you could petition him and leave an offering. Um, Another thing to note about Hades is if you were to petition him back in ancient Greece, you would do it in a pit. And I'm not sure at 10, how does the pit work again? Is that like in someone's house they would have, or like this split in like the earth where they would throw their offerings in? So it depends if it's like a family, like let's start with a household. Um, we, as archaeologists call it Bothroy, which is a sacred pit deposit. So whenever you're making an offering, it could be pottery, cooking, anything like that. You would just toss it into a pit and then bury it. Um, a lot of times it's found at the foundations of buildings, temples, mm -hmm. and it can be coins. It can be anything, but you usually leave a foundation deposit um, as thanks Um to the gods who you're offering to so there are pits that you can use and it is also kind of representative that like if you are using a pit it is going into the underworld mm -hmm. um a lot of times if people were using um you know curse tablets people would throw them into a river or a body of water because it was believed that all the waterways connected to the river sticks right leading it into the underworld so that he would hear your petition mm -hmm. um we also hear that, you know, if you wanted to get in touch with perhaps King Hades, you would go to a necromantia, which is a spot where necromancy was performed. And that was where you had the availability to try and contact him. Didn't always work and that's fine. But, you know, there are different ways to have burial deposits, have different types of offerings for him and how they would actually reach the underworld. Yes. And then there is this, um, I'm not sure how true it was in ancient Greece, but I did read it. And I have seen a couple of people do this, that if you knock on the floor three times, because Hades is underneath, um, yeah. you can contact him that way too. Um, which I always think is like really cute and funny, but I'm not sure if they actually did it in ancient Greece, but I've seen people do it. So maybe it's something they have adopted today. I don't know. So it is used. It's also used not only for King Hades, but it's used to kind of wake up um deceased individuals if you are performing necromancy because it let's say they've been buried a while like sometimes you need to like wake up like I need your help kind of deal so it's kind of like knocking on a door um but you have to do this because you know the deceased are in the ground it's in the underworld it's beneath our feet so you're kind of like hello tis I I need help <laughs> yeah um I always thought that was really, that was really funny. Like putting your head to the floor and like knocking on it three times and being like, Hey, Hades. Well, obviously don't do this. If you're ever going to do it, please always approach a God with respect. These gods still exist, by the way, for those of you that are like, Oh yeah, we're just talking about Greek mythology. No, this is an actual religion. It's Hellenic paganism and these gods still exist. So that is why we are talking about the importance of these retellings because they can be super offensive to people within this religious belief system. You know, I always like to take Jesus Christ for an example there would be literally armies in the streets if Jesus Christ had these retellings, like these funny retellings um, mm -hmm. of him made because he is a very um, sacred figure to most people. So um, yeah, the retellings are okay to like enjoy, indulge in, but we do need to understand at the end of the day that that is not the actual belief system. That is not the actual mythology. While some pieces may be correct. Um, it's a retelling. It's a retelling and that's okay. And this leads me to my next point of Laura Olympus. <laughs> um, 
I, I've tried to get into Laura Olympus. I just personally do not like the way they portray Hades and Persephone's relationship. Um, I do not like the way that they portray Apollo, which makes no sense to me, has nothing to do with his mythology. Um, and it's actually really offensive to me as someone who appreciates and loves the Hellenic gods. Um, it's okay to like 10 likes Laura Olympus, like you indulge, okay. but you understand that, that it's not the actual mythology. You don't attribute yeah. it to those divinities. No, I actually, I think I enjoy it. I enjoy the artwork and everything. I enjoy the story that it's telling, but there are a lot of aspects that are like, ah, why would you do this? Um, especially with the representation and the depiction of Apollo. Um, that was just horrible in of itself and it's not okay. And, but I'm also able to be like, hmm, this is a story and all coincidences of names, aspects are purely coincidental and I'm okay with that. It is truly an alternate universe. It is not the same. I'm like, wow, wow. they have somebody named Hades and Persephone must be a coincidence. Kind it's of like thing. Marvel. It's like Marvel with Thor and Loki, which we will talk <laughs> about. We're planning to do a Norse pagan episode where we are going to talk about Marvel and how Thor and Loki are actual divinities, right? They're actual Norse gods. But yeah, you have to think of it as like, it's its own separate like universe. Um, yeah. The problem with this is a lot of people are taking Laura Olympus as the factual retelling and it Apollo, who was basically like a celebrity in ancient Greece, in my mind, where he was so heavily. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, people are twisting his mythology and making it seem like he is what he is in Laura Olympus, which uh, just a trigger warning. Um, they do say in Laura Olympus that he like abused Persephone, which yeah, he assaults her. So yeah, like any sort of assault, which is not in mythology. Okay. It's not in mythology at all. And it's, it's really put a damper because there has been so much hate coming out of that and people having to defend, you know, Hellenic paganism and, you know, saying this is not who Apollo is, which if people just open up a book or Google, like it's not that hard and you will see, but the fact of the matter is you are retelling something, which is great. You're bringing new light to these old gods and that is what they should be getting, right? They should be getting this publicity. They should be, you know, having their practitioners be like, yes, thank you for doing this for us, but not at the cost of other divinities, you know? I think it's rude. That's why I personally like, yeah, like you're able to separate it. I, when I read Laura Olympus, I just get so mad because I'm like, it's just disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful mm -hmm. to someone else's belief system, um, my own belief system. And it's like, it's just rude. Even like the way Hades and Persephone is portrayed. It's like, you know, newsflash, Hades kidnapped Persephone into the underworld. That is in the mythology. Um, he did it legally because he asked legally. Him, it was it was or, legal kidnapping it was legal kidnapping um but it's not like she willingly was like i fell in love with hades and i was rebelling against my mother demeter that is not what happened and that's not in the story um so we do need to understand that but in ancient greece back in the day um women specifically mothers wives didn't have a say where their daughters were being sent off to get married like they did, and you got married young so that was the society at the time. Yeah, you were betrothed. There's evidence of there being infant betrothal. Um, and if you were a upper-class woman, you were basically used for politics. Your right. job was to be a mother and to be used to form alliances. Right. And the later you got married, the more education you may have had a chance to receive. But that's not always true. And the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, back during that time in the city-state of 
um, in the different city-states of Greece, of course, Sparta is very different. Um, women were property, unfortunately. They didn't have rights. They couldn't do much. And you only were training for one thing in your life, which was to be a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And Hades, of course, went to Zeus, Persephone's father, and asked for her hand in marriage. He deemed it suitable, a great match, and Hades went and claimed his bride. Was it correct morally, ethically? No, in today's standards, absolutely not. But in that time period, he did have her father's permission, making it legal, meaning, unfortunately, no matter how much it hurt Demeter, she was now going to marry Hades, unfortunately. And the story can be found in the... um, uh, Homeric hymn, the hymn to Demeter. And it's told really about Demeter for her to go through the stages of grief for her missing daughter, because we have to remember these girls were taken from their family household into their husband's household. Who knows how often they were able to see their mother? Who right. knows how often they were able to see their friends, sisters, all of that kind of stuff. So was it good? No. Was it the time? Absolutely. Was it legal? Yes. Was it kidnapping? Yes. So it's a huge gray area, but that's what history is. If history doesn't make you mad or uncomfortable, I, as a teacher of history, am not doing my job. Yeah, no, it's really uncomfortable, especially when you want to worship these gods or work with them or understand Hellenic paganism. Um, You know, we don't shit on Hellenic paganism because of it. It was a product of the society that people lived in. Absolutely. Um, And we do have to understand that a lot of people like to villainize Demeter. Um, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, um, this is a Demeter stan account, a Zeus stan account, Hades Persephone stan account, but it's like, she was grieving over her daughter. So it wasn't like her rebellious daughter was like, mom, I'm going to the underworld to get married to this cool God. Like, and her mother was like, not allowing it. She didn't have a say. And her daughter got taken into the underworld and she only gets to see her X amount of times out of the year. Um, it's like, you have to understand she was a grieving mother and, um, she didn't, she didn't have any say. So it's like her daughter got taken from her. Yeah. And she was able to get power back. And I don't think a lot of people realize this, how important her myth is. Demeter was able to get power back. She was able to take action against her brother, against the King of the gods. Mm -hmm. She refused to allow the earth to grow. She was creating famine. Like she was killing people because she was grieving so much to the point where like Zeus came down and was like, you can't be killing these people. And she made a bargain with him that she would get her daughter X amount of months. And then she would go with her husband for the other X amount of months. And she got a temple out of it. it, Yeah, she also got a temple and a a mystery religion out of it. But, um. I love that she bartered that with like the human. She was like, you will build a temple of me here. And they were like, okay. Just ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Can but we like, have our props back, please? Absolutely. And I think people skim over that. Like she went toe to toe with the king of the gods. Now I respect the hell out of Demeter. I really do. For that time period, hell yeah. And got her daughter back, which no other woman would have been able to do. And I think that speaks volume as Demeter as a goddess. And I think it gave these mothers and women in Greece and Rome this hope that, you know, I too can do this for my daughter. I too can do this for my children. And, you know, if that gave these people hope, that's great. 
That's the whole point, right? Like mythology, like we keep saying, is the way that ancient peoples were trying to explain the world around them. So yeah, we might not always agree with it. Um, it's how they depicted the changing of seasons or why famine happened. You know what I mean? Like it's just the way of the world. So um, yeah, to have, and I think it's really special to have like a goddess, especially of that time period, showing them taking their power back because you don't always often see that super depicted, um, especially the way goddesses were written back in the day um, with the patriarchal society. Misogyny. Yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely love Demeter's story. And, um, you know, if you want to worship Demeter and you're like a mother or maybe you are raising kids, like I think she would be the perfect divinity to worship and like ask for help um, alongside of Hera, Amphitrite. I think that would be incredible. But um, yeah, this gets villainized because of these retellings. And it's important to talk about her alongside of Hades because everyone's always like, oh, Persephone was being rebellious. It's not true. Um, no. So the three of them are very important to talk about together. Yes. And I think the six original Olympians are as well. Plus, I see a lot of people being like, well, wasn't that her uncle? Wasn't this blah, 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 blah? It's like, yes. Yeah, if it was. Following a family tree, yes. They are gods. They don't have to fit in certain boxes. So this also wasn't anything new for the ancients when you look at how power was given to the next generation. Um, Look at who people were marrying for power, emperors, empresses, pharaohs, queens, kings, all this kind of stuff. This is nothing new. And we need to stop putting our own 21st century biases on it. Yes, they are gods. Yes, in the family tree of things, they are related, but- let's move on from it truly. Yeah, we, we got to move on from it. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to be like trying to understand it, but the thing is you're not going to, um, it's really hard. You have to like put your own personal bias aside, especially with the Hades and Persephone relationship. It's like, everyone always is trying to figure it out. Like, does she really love him? Where, you know, all these things. And when it comes down to it, if you work with these divinities or worship them, it's based on your own personal gnosis. Um, some people have different experiences, but at the end of the day, we need to understand the actual mythology that was told during that time period. The retellings are great. Um, we can enjoy them as much as we want, but we need to study the actual ancient historical texts. That is where these stories come from. That is what the truth is around these divinities, um, not just what some comic book person decided to say about Apollo. Sorry. Like, that's why I won't. Yeah. Comic book version, a Disney version. I mean, Hades is also portrayed in video games. Yeah, he's portrayed in Hades. Now I haven't played the game, but I have seen it. And um, I do think like for Hermes, they do, they do Hermes justice. Um, I think they do a lot of divinities justice. I'm not sure, but they make him out to be like some like evil God that just sits in the underworld and conducts all these plans to like for vengeance. And that's, that's not who he is at all. Um, But like we said, he is the God of the underworld. He's actually a very peaceful, calming because he is a god that resides in the underworld where death exists so it's like death has has to be calm yeah calming attribute um people are resting in peace and um to be fair i'd be more scared of persephone than i would have Hades. she this is judgment in the underworld um yeah and when she's down there she will let you know which area of the underworld you're going to and i think people are just like it's the underworld it's one aspect and that's not true there's different realms in yes. the greek underworld and not many people 
know that. I'm not too sure. I, I think everybody thinks it's like, oh, it's just perfect. And we're, we're no. shamed. No, and- it's actually scary. Some of it like Tartarus. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to go there. That's like yeah. hell. Tartarus is probably for the worst of the worst. Um, some of the biggest names in Greek mythology reside there uh, because of the crimes that they, you know, partook in, mm-hmm. uh, Sisyphus being one of them. Mm-hmm. And then if you're working your way up, I think it's, oh my God. Why am I blanking? I don't know. I'm blanking <laughs> with you. I was, just <laughs> weird out because I was like, we got Tartarus um oh and the next you have is fields of mourning which is all about like unrequited love all of that stuff and um and arthur denotes that a lot of the souls resting there are actually female so if you have unrequited love you may end up there and sad by the way like I've said this before in another podcast, some of the Greek mythological stories are so Romeo and Juliet style that they are actually emo. Like I, I have read some Greek mythology stories and I've been like, that just put me in a depression. Like it's like like passing in the night, like one's dying, the other one's still alive. So yeah, the unrequited love one. Um, Um, Then you have the Ashvidal Meadows, which is kind of like where everybody's gonna end up unless you're like really bad or like a hero. Um, so that's kind of where everybody would would um, gather after they all pass on. And the best of the best, and I tell my students like, this is where Betty White would end up. Um, and I, that know, is, I know this one. This is the Elysian Fields. And this is also termed the Isles of the Blessed. It's unclear if it's an island, if it's how the structure is it doesn't matter but you know it's all about those who were super exceptional mortals um did heroic acts all of these things so that's why I'm like Betty White that's where you are (laughs) oh she's there um but yeah that is that is the map of the underworld yeah I don't think many people know that it's not just like one place like um it's not one place like in heaven heaven is just one place um or you're yeah hell if that's your belief system um but yeah the underworld is very different and um very interesting so that is our little brief snippet on like Hades and his portrayals also we threw in some Persephone and Demeter um also by the way really quick note about Queen Persephone um she is all about duality. So if you worship her or work with her in any of the sense, um, you will get to see both sides of her. She is queen of the underworld, but she also is a goddess of the spring. So she dishes out judgment in the underworld and then will come up here and bloom flowers for spring for rebirth. So it's, she's very interesting to me. And she really is the epitome of like celebrating duality inside of ourselves because you can be both things. Um, and I absolutely love everything that she stands for and her mythology. Um, I think she's so fascinating and so interesting as a goddess being a queen of the underworld and then goddess of spring. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> That's so cool. I know. I want that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but okay. Let's talk a little bit about the worship of Hades. So, um, you know, as Ten and I had mentioned, we're going to talk about it in the modern day sense, because in ancient Greece, um, as you know, Hades was not heavily worshipped. And if you did, you would have worshipped him outside. You would have contacted him um, via a pit or petitioned him. And that would be it. It would be just like a petition. He's either answering it or he's not. Um, But today, a lot of people and practitioners do worship 
Hades and God's can evolve over time. Um, people have altars for him in their homes. Now, um, they work with him as practitioners of Hellenic paganism. And, you know, these are just a few things that that's a baseline. Like I said, UPG does come into play for a lot of things, but these are the baseline things of when you're worshiping Hades. Um, I guess I'll go first. And then you tell me like, what's like another thing, but I would okay. say like one important thing, if you're going to worship Hades, you should also be worshiping his wife, Persephone. Um, you should have a candle to honor her. It doesn't mean you have to worship Persephone, but you're doing it in honor of their relationship and their unity. So I know like that is a huge thing that most practitioners do and it is very appreciated. So you can have a small white candle um, to represent Persephone or something on the altar. Um, during the spring, he does like the first bloom of spring to represent his wife because she does leave the underworld. And yeah, just anything to honor Persephone. Um, that would be a really nice thing to do. Also, um, a lot of people are just so hung up on the fact that he is Lord and King of the underworld, but he's also God of wealth. And oh, yeah. no one should forget this. <laughs> put that on his altar. Um, yes. Coins, um, dollar bills. Uh, you could have your uh, money candle on it. You could also have, you know, if you're into, you know, gemstones, rocks, geology, that kind of stuff, put black tourmaline, put um, citrine, all of this kind of stuff, anything that really calls to you, um, skeleton keys, anything like that. There's so much um, that you could do for him because in a sense, he also is duality. He resides over the land of the dead, but he also is wealth. And the reason he is wealth is because wealth and precious uh, minerals were thought to be found only underground where the underworld is. So it's really interesting that it brings riches mm -hmm. and you know, brings in life kind of. So he too is also all about duality. So that pomegranate's just to hark back to mythology. I love that. Yeah. And also honoring Cerberus. So you can have like a dog statue. Um, you know, also acts of service are another thing. If you can't have altars, like taking care, maybe you have a dog, take care of your dog in honor of Hades. Um, because he does have a three headed familiar called Cerberus. Everyone knows who Cerberus is, who stops souls from exiting the underworld. Um, absolutely a little terrifying. That's okay. And, you know, just honor, you know, his mythology, um, honor who he is, um, black tourmaline seems to be something in evolution of Greek gods that he seems to like, cause crystals once again, found in the ground, um, so yeah. tourmaline related crystals. I know they used to grind them up in ancient times and use them for makeup, but I highly doubt people were having like crystals in their house. Like <laughs> the train I got, like, it's going to bring me money. Not, not in the sense of like clusters, but they yeah. were putting these precious stones into art yes, so yes used in a different way but with Cerberus I always think that like my favorite thing about him is that his name translates to the spotted one which is really funny because King Hades king of the underworld named his dog spot I think that's the circle you were the one that told me about that and I was like oh my god this he like named the dog is hellhound spot, spot. <laughs> that is so fitting and Maybe I love 80s into the Disney movie. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think a lot of people forget, like, he's not this scary villain that no. Hollywood has made him out to be. Um, but also, if you worship him, you know that he's very, very private. Very private. So don't go out blasting like, hey, this is me with Hades. The da -da -da -da. It's like, no. Lead with respect. 
yeah, lead with respect, um, pictures of altars, things like that. Um, just, you can know the deity based on their mythology. He is the unseen one. He doesn't want to be out there in the public eye. That's not who he is. It's not what, what he does. So, you know, just research. Um, and yeah, I mean, worshiping is fine. You can have altars for him in your home. I actually know that there are high priestesses of Hades that still practice the traditional ancient Greece way, and they will not have altars of him in their house because that's not something they subscribe to. So that's completely fine. Um, but whatever you do, just make sure you're always leading with respect. And definitely if you're looking into worshiping these gods, understand the cultural and historical context. Um, don't just do it because you think it's cool and you're going to get something from it. This is an actual religious belief system, um, that needs to be respected. And it's not like people would just start worshiping Jesus and asking him for things without understanding the context of their mythology. So, you know, remember they're gods and, um, they definitely yeah. do still exist. So, um, yeah, I loved talking about this today. Should we do a card pull before we end? Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's do one. I don't think we did one last time. I'm only looking because I have a tarot deck sitting here and I'm like, maybe I'll do one card pull. But yeah, Ted and I really can talk about Hades because we, um, like, we love talking about death. And I think it was interesting that you brought up his duality. Death, those that work within the sphere of death have duality. They have to understand life and death together. So, you know, duality, we're here for it. Yeah. And I think that's like, we ourselves have duality too. So it's, it's yeah. interesting to see it reflected in divine, divine figures as well. <laughs> I got two. So whenever you're ready. Okay. I'm going to go first. Cause I think that is what's going to make sense. Um, <laughs> Okay. Put together two fragments. <laughs> I got, I got two cards. So I got the seven of wands in reverse. Um, so this is for those of you that have been feeling really stuck, um, or, you know, you feel like you're fighting an uphill battle, um, just surrender, you know, don't fight with people in your life. If someone's annoying you or they're provoking you, um, always remember to take the higher ground. Um, those of us that take the higher ground actually piss other people off way more that are trying to start with us because, you're not actually engaging in what they want. Like when someone's trying to start something with you, they want a response. And when you don't warrant a response or you don't actually give a response, it pisses people off even more. And then they can't say that you said this because you didn't say anything at all. So um, truly um, this is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. Um, and it reminds me of Sobek, who is an Egyptian God. Um, the crocodile that waits in the water is the one that catches the prey. The crocodile that keeps snapping its snout in the water and trying to catch everything that's coming to it scares all of the prey away. So know when to strike and know when not to strike. So know when to speak and know when not to, and not everything warrants a response. Um, I also pulled the hermit with this. So sometimes you need to look inward if um, it can be really hard to not, to not give in to people or certain situations in life. Um, I'm definitely getting like a lot of you maybe for work. Um, look inward, um, take a moment. Don't always respond right away. If you do need to make a response, you know, sit on a little bit, look inward for that insight and it will come to you, but you don't have to always respond to people or things that are happening. Um, it's a waste of energy. It truly is. Um, and it's funny that you brought up, um, both of those. Cause the first card that came out was ice. So stagnation, Ooh. Ooh. but it's but it's in the reverse. So really talking about kind of melting away that icy exterior. If you've been feeling, you know, stuck recently, 
I know at least for the East Coast, we've been, you know, going back and forth between snow and spring. So you kind of feel stuck. Your body's like, what is, what's happening? What should I be preparing for? Like, you're just stuck and that's fine. Um, it is this time of the year, but know that it's going to melt just like winter and you're going to come out for rebirth, renewal, regeneration. And the second one to come out is Sphinx, which is ancient wisdom. And it's in the reverse position. So again, understanding that if you seek, you know, the wisdom of, you know, the mythology and everything, go to the original text and look at it with a critical eye. Understand, take your own bias out. I know how hard that is, but read these ancient texts, understand that, you know, they are valid. And it's not just for Greek mythology. If you're like, I'm really interested in, you know, the early books of the Bible, go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. Understand where these books and translations and stories are coming from. If you're like, hmm, I want to read the Epic of Gilgamesh, go get it. And you will see all of this beginning to click within you. And you just have to seek out that knowledge. You can't wait for the knowledge to thump you upside the head. Yeah. And really quick point on that too. Um, if you are struggling, I always find like reading mythology, you learn, like there's lessons in mythology. There are, it's a story. There's a story for a reason. Yeah. You're not always going to relate to Hercules because you're not <laughs> Hercules trying to prove you, but you can relate to Hercules trying to prove himself. And he's constantly going through these goddamn battles. And he's like, Oh my God, like, am I going to yeah. be a gladiator or what? Like what's going on here? You could imagine yourself going through your own Herculean trials, not the fact that, you know, Hercules kills his wife, but, yeah. you know, going through your own issues and yeah. trying to come out of it. Um, all of that. Mount Olympus. Like, so I always, like when I'm going through a hard time, I will read Greek mythology and I will try to find a story that I resonate with. And it does make you feel better. I, that's the whole point of mythology is so you can relate to it. So yeah, it's great to study these gods too, but there also are lessons in it and the trials and tribulations of life that we go through. Even if it was written by people in ancient times, yeah. we're all humans. We go through the same thing of like trying to appease people and, you know, trying to be our best selves. So that is where we leave off. I thought this episode was freaking amazing today like fire <laughs> fire um but we want to thank you all for your continued support here on sticks and bones um for those of you that have just found ten and i we do own a metaphysical store we do offer services um we are seers and psychic mediums so um you know you could check out our instagram evoking the shop and that is where you can find a lot of our stuff um and we hope everyone has have a great day. Thanks for hanging out with your ghost hosts. The ghost hosts, the Hades hosts, we should just say now. The underworld hosts. Host. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.